Welcome to Voice Hugs, a podcast on becoming your best self and embracing all seasons of life with open arms. This is your host, Ro and Viv. Hi, everyone. Hello. So for this episode, we just wanted to first start off by saying thank you guys so much for submitting all of your questions, thoughts, ideas, feedback to our DMs, to our emails. We go through every single email, even though we don't have the capacity to respond to all of them. We do see you. We do have you filed Mm -hmm. in our list of questions that we pull from for every episode like this episode. So we just want to let you guys know that we see you. We appreciate you. And we want to give you guys a huge voice hug. It means a lot that Some of these messages I know are very hard feelings to share. And so being able to share that with Rowena and I, it just means so much to us being able to read your experience and your situation from all over the world. Yeah. So on that note, since we spent the previous episode that we just recorded catching up, you guys, if you guys want banter, that's a full episode of Bantering, episode 15. So for this episode, we're going to be answering three questions. We usually just answer one and we go super, super deep in it, but we want to try something new, seeing if, you know, if things will flow more naturally, if magic will happen, or if, you know, anything surprises us when we do three instead of one. This is all about experimenting, trying new things, pivoting. So diving straight into our first question, I find that whenever my partner, who is naturally more spontaneous, goes out for a late wild night, I immediately feel judgmental and anxious. These are some of the initial thoughts that come to mind. Why are they being so irresponsible? Why are they wasting money? Example, eating, drinking out multiple times a week. Why do I feel a sense of neglect when my partner is having fun? I hate that I don't know when he's going to come back home. Will he be okay? I wish I cared less so I don't get so wound up over it. Of course, logically, I can answer all of these thoughts. I know my partner is not me and life is too short to not enjoy it. I also know that he is responsible and always texts me to let me know he's safe. And yet... It's frustrating that I cannot shake off the initial judgment. It is almost as if I want to make him feel guilty for not being responsible. I, of course, do my best to not project my expectations and judgment of myself onto him. Do we just read an excerpt from our youth book? (laughs) I feel like that's always the case, right? I'm definitely sensing maybe some anxious attachment vibes here, perhaps. Yeah, this is a textbook Rowena. (laughs) Back in college. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, this is still Vivian to some extent. Oh man. Projecting your expectations on other people. Wow. <sighs> Queen of doing that. <laughs> still do sometimes. Do any examples come to mind? I think growing up, it was just a lot of, as we talked about last night when we were prepping, like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do this. You should do that. You shouldn't do this, you know? Who's giving me the authority to shoot over someone else? I think when it comes to your partner, this is these are actually all thoughts I've had to some extent. To be fair, I think something hasn't been communicated for you to feel secure and for you to feel supported. Yeah. Because if you did fully feel okay, then the texts that lets you know you're safe, it should be enough. But that's clearly not mm-hmm. enough. And that's okay, right? But it just needs to be communicated. And I feel like 
that's like one part of the communication about communicating and how to communicate and what it is that your needs may not have been met. I was terrible at that. I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't want to communicate because I think communicating made me look weak and asking for help made me look weak. And I want to keep up this facade of cool girl, strong girl. <laughs> I like nothing phased me. So that's like one part. And I think the second part is it's so much easier. I'm speaking from my own experience now. It's so much easier to fixate on something external that's not you. Because mm-hmm. you're thinking like, ah, oh, I'm you know trying to make this person better i'm trying to help them grow and like it's so noble and altruistic when in reality i was avoiding doing that for myself because in my mind it's like i'm gonna like i'm already doing my job fixing this person and like i don't need to work on myself Mm -hmm. in reality it should be flipped it should be you spend that time thinking and working through things yourself and holding space for the other person to be who they are and to help them when they're in need and when they ask for help yeah I've found in my experience that whenever I start picking at my partner, questioning all the things that they're doing, this is not the right way to do it, or this is not responsible, you shouldn't do that, you should do this, I'm running away from a feeling that I don't want to feel about myself. So it, it's, I think it goes back to control. So for example, in this listener's question, I guess how I would approach this now is if I feel like they are wasting money, what does money mean to me? And why does spending it on eating and drinking equal irresponsible or wasteful? Mm -hmm. And then I think trying to figure out what feelings come up, maybe perhaps growing up money was scarce. And so spending it on these like experiences, you know, like going out to eat is an experience. You can easily cook mm-hmm. at home for much cheaper, right? That's the part where you need to figure out or that's where I would start with figuring out why is that wasteful to me? And then how can I then communicate that with my partner? Another example would be Why do I feel a sense of neglect when my partner is having fun? Well, looking into that feeling of neglect, is it every single time your partner is having fun? Is it when they're with specific people? Is it when they're out late at night? Is it different when it's in the daytime versus in the evening? I think figuring out what situation that really comes up for you and tackling that. When you're young, or at least for me, I always felt like my way or the highway, <laughs> you know, like my way is the right way. I know. And over the years, I have humbled myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just being exposed to things like personality test, Myers-Briggs, DISC, Enneagram, anxious or avoidant attachment styles, love languages. What I've realized is that everyone has their own preferences and tendencies and your behavior makes sense to yourself. Like your habits, your behaviors will always make sense to yourself, but someone else looking in, that might not be as natural for them. And so it's all about figuring out where you are on the spectrum of things, where your partner is on the spectrum of things and how to meet in the middle a little bit more. And then communicating that, which I think can be the hardest part because you can know all of these things and you can know theoretically that logically, maybe I shouldn't feel this way or maybe like 
blah, 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 blah. But until you start communicating, I was like, until you open your mouth, <laughs> until you start communicating, the other person will never know what's going on in your head because it's just things going on in your head. Mm-hmm. And I think another way that I would approach this is feel like first is feeling the feelings like something needs to happen for you to feel these feelings this specific scenario just so happened to be whenever your partner goes out for a late slash wild night so that's a feeling feelings are very normal it's okay to have feelings and then it's sitting with your feelings and then taking a step back to reflect and to ask yourself okay why are these feelings coming up is it really about my partner or could it possibly be something that I haven't yet identified in me or something I still haven't fully worked through. One thing that Viv and I have been talking about or I've been sharing a lot with Viv is about abandonment for Rowena. And I think, you know, I'm not trying to project my situation (laughs) onto this viewer's question, but the reason why I would feel very similarly was because I constantly felt like people were going to leave me even like if it was like hidden very subconsciously and that would make me feel these feelings but I would never sit with it and uncovering this potential abandonment feeling is pretty new Mm -hmm. I'm 30 so I think it's just really thinking through okay well like Maybe these things happened in my childhood that led me to where I am today. Maybe I wasn't loved and or treated and or supported the way that I may have wanted to be. What could that look like? And then just being being willing to go to those places with yourself. That's like the first step. And the second step, when you're ready, if you're ready, is to slowly start communicating bits and pieces of that with your partner so that they understand it's less about them not being able to go out and more about them going out may make you feel this thing you felt and how they can support you and or reassure you when they're out so that you won't feel this feeling that got maybe triggered or brought up. A lot of that resonated with me because I feel like in my childhood I've experienced a lot of quote abandonment whether it's like physically or emotionally and recognizing that is just like the first step right just like you said and like trying to dig deeper um when you shared that it actually made me think about some of my reflections in my mid-20s and how in the past I used to need and I still kind of do like I prefer having constant communication and I think the reason why this is just all me processing but I think the reason why is because growing up I equated Love equals attention. If I'm receiving attention, I'm receiving love. But as I've growing, as I grew up, and as I kind of reflected on this concept, when someone isn't giving you attention, it doesn't mean that they don't love you. You're feeling neglected, maybe because you're lacking that understanding, or at least speaking for myself, I was lacking this understanding of love and how someone can hold you through their life without having to talk to you consistently 
and still love you. For example, I know that I love my friends even though I don't talk to them on a daily basis. If I'm not giving them attention, does that mean I don't love them? No. And so understanding that like I can love people, maybe not talk to them, maybe not give them constant attention, but it's about maybe you and your partner need to find a way for you to communicate that he loves you he holds on to you like he thinks about you when he's away and sometimes he might not be thinking about you but that doesn't mean that he doesn't love you or that he's neglecting you right so love doesn't equal attention because attention equals time and time is finite versus when i think of love now love is like an infinite thing that you can't quantify attention you can actually quantify someone's attention span And so changing that perspective really helped me in these moments where if someone is not texting me back, if someone is going out and having fun without me, it doesn't mean I'm being neglected. How did that change happen? <laughs> How did that change happen? Um years of therapy. Yeah. Years of looking inward. Honestly, that was like 100% therapy and then, you know, me trying to then test it out test out that theory if that's true if it's true that if i'm able to feel that love from my partner i then no longer feel the need to constantly get attention from him hmm. yeah trial and error seems to be the theme of april so far <laughs> yes truly and i feel like this is something that we talk about every single time we bring up us whenever we're being judgmental it's usually we're projecting our insecurities onto other people. So just keeping that in mind, realizing it's like now I think when we're both, when either of us are being judgmental, we will catch ourselves and be like, okay, but why? <laughs> like where is it coming from? Why does this thing exist? And is it something about you that you're unhappy with that you're judging someone else about? And I think that's just always It's a decent rule of thumb that when there's this outpouring of feelings towards another person to try to bring that back in to be like okay but why A lot of times I think that's where people can get stuck like why am I feeling anxious why am I feeling all of these things and not really knowing where to start so something that's helped me is documenting these experiences or these situations and i think like once i realize in my journal for example that this is a recurring thing it will give me more data points as to when these feelings come out and that's a good place to start having enough information revolving the situation and then from there of course you can seek guidance from mentors your friends maybe your boyfriend i don't know about your boyfriend if he's in the situation <laughs> and even professional help from a therapist yeah so i think when we decide to tackle something and ask ourselves the hard questions sky's really the limit like inside like your world internally and the things that you have the feelings that you have inside there's there's a lot that can be done and there's a lot of avenues to reach or to find what it is that we're looking for which i actually think is a great transition to the second question which is where do i start 
I've been watching videos and listening to the Productivity and Success podcast, but there are so many avenues of self-help, productivity, living a mindful life, and becoming a better version of myself. How do I choose where to start my improvement? There's a lot of resources, maybe too many starting out, and I want to allocate my time and energy where it matters. I have the personality trait where I want to fix everything right away, read every self-help book, have 15 videos playing at the same time, and journal as I'm working out and cooking a three-course meal. My enthusiasm to improve can overwhelm the actual process of beginning and developing habits to help myself, and I want to avoid that. So if you were to go back to 10 years ago, where, when, and how would you start? So I know there's been a lot on toxic productivity. Is that what it's called? Maybe, yeah. It's like being overly productive, trying to be better constantly to the point where it's actually not healthy and you're not really living a balanced Mm -hmm. life. Like the habits that you're incorporating into your routine then become more destructive for you, could become more destructive Mm -hmm. for you than beneficial. So as someone who has been creating productivity content the last (laughs) five, six years, what has your experience been like starting this journey of self-improvement and incorporating all of these very productive habits, you know, like efficient time managing Mm -hmm. habits into your schedule? And how has that kind of shifted over the years? Because maybe we can get some insight on how a listener would start based off of your experience. If I'm reflecting back on my journey thus far, I've definitely always been an optimizer. I think it comes from a place of honestly laziness of if I can get the most done with the least amount of effort, I'm going to do that. And I think I've always been like that since I was young, whether it's like sorting, I don't know, you're doing arts and crafts and you're sorting color paper. I would come up with like the most efficient system to sort as fast as I can or like doing an art project where you need to repeatedly cut a few lines and then pass it on to someone else or you're just doing everything yourself I would just try to come up with the fastest way to do something so I think maybe that's always been in my DNA and fast forward to college 10 years ago when I was in my 20s I think the answer to what you just asked anything that I tried to optimize And when I would try to be productive, it almost always came from a place of a need. Like I'm feeling so stressed and so burnt out. I need a new system or like I need to do something new or I need to meditate or I need to do something. I would never go out of my way to do like a thousand things for self-care and a thousand things to be productive just so I can be productive. It always came from a place of this is something that I'm struggling with or this is a question that I have. How can I answer it? So I think that was actually the very first thing that got me into self-help books was I had this question in my mind in my early 20s of what does it mean to live a meaningful and fulfilling life? It was just this like resounding question that was plastered in front of my mind that I would see every single day but would distract myself and escape and like go out and party because it's just it's not an easy question to answer. But that was always there and I think it was what led me to pick up The Power of Now, to start reading The Alchemist, to start reading, you know, start with why, big magic. The more that you read and the more that you explore, once you answer a question, it's natural that more questions will come up. So you'll just naturally follow your curiosity down this path. Before you know it, you're hundreds of books in and you're a brand new person. But I think really taking a step back and like it surely does start with why do you even want to do any of these things? Do you even need to do any of these things? If you're happy with your life as is, 
maybe you don't need any of these self-care productivity things, right? But if there's a very specific need in your life that you feel like addressing or you feel like changing or you feel like adjusting, then I think that's the best starting point. And then kind of seeing where that takes you. Yeah, when you were talking about figuring out what that need is, it sounds to me like it's about checking in with yourself. What is your current state? What season are you in right now in your life? And what are parts of it that are maybe making you feel confused or you're curious about a certain thing or, you know, just something is a little bit off and starting there. I would probably tackle one aspect of my life at a time. So when you do identify these needs in your life, where do you typically go from there? I tend to go inward. So when I first identify something, let's just say burnt out. If I'm feeling burnt out, why do I feel burnt out? Am I overworking myself? Am I not taking good care of my mental well-being? Am I not meditating enough? Am I not... You know, like what have I been doing and what haven't I been doing? So actually, that's maybe like a better <laughs> a better answer of doing a little check-in with yourself. Doing a little life audit of this is how I've been living my life, which got me to this point, which made me burnt out. So what about my routines? What about my schedule can I change to help me live a lighter mm-hmm. existence? So this is like a very specific example, right? But I feel like if it is a question that you have i think so long as you have a question the universe honestly will naturally guide you to where you need to go and the things that you quote unquote should read for example friends you may hear out of nowhere three friends will mention the same book or three friends will mention the same podcast or the same youtube video that like you must watch or you'll walk into a grocery store and they'll have a book that you're like, oh my god, I heard about this from like a friend or wow, I don't know why, but this book cover is so mesmerizing. Let me pick it up and see, flip a few pages and like, oh wow, this is actually so relevant to my life right now, right? So for example, for me with The Power of Now, that was the very first book I've ever read that was considered self-help. Like I didn't even know books like this existed because I didn't care about reading. I didn't like reading. I never liked, I never enjoyed reading, but when I was going through all of this, I actually went home. I went into like my childhood home and my brother had a bunch of these self-help books just lying around at home. And it literally felt as if this was just meant to be. I went home in this very like down, defeated, sad state. I just happened to see in my bookshelf, in my living room, next to my TV where I was watching TV that there's this book called The Power of Now. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. You flip through a couple pages and you're like, oh, wow, this is meant to be. And it's in these moments that you're like, you literally get shivers down your spine because you're like, does the universe really have my back or what? Wow, that I've never heard that story before. So that's really, really cool to hear that that's how you kind of started, you know, finding these books from your brother, especially. Yeah, that reminds me of, you know, how you can give your friends advice And if they're not ready to hear it, it's just going to go over their head. I think the same comes with like self-help books or just books or messages in general. If you're not ready to hear those things, if you're not ready to dive deeper into, you know, the realm of whatever you're trying to improve or discover, 
it's just not going to come as naturally to you versus if you're in tune with that need or if you're in tune with what you're kind of missing right now, you're going to naturally gravitate towards these words. Mm -hmm. You'll see something on Instagram, you'll, you'll hear something in a conversation and it will spark something within you. So I, I do, do definitely resonate with that as well. One of my friends asked me a few years ago, how do you choose the books that you're going to read? And my answer has always been the books come to me because I will never yeah. sit down and read a book that I, it will naturally just come because I won't yeah. be interested in reading that topic or that story at that time. I wouldn't force myself to do anything <laughs> productive if I didn't have to. So I think it's like truly coming from a place of need. Like what are your needs and what's being unmet and how can you address that? And also being present enough to hear the hints and the quote-unquote omens from uh, the alchemist of just these these messages from the universe, mm -hmm. whether it's through, as you said, what you see, what you hear, what you come across, putting the pieces together in that way. Because I, I really think, if you think of life, we say this all the time, if you think of life as a game, then it becomes a game and it's more fun in that I feel like everything that you come across, seemingly irrelevant things you can combine these two things and it can give you the answer that you're looking for. Or if you collect enough data points from every single aspect of your life, you can create something very beautiful. Or like you can find a solution or find an answer through being curious and learning about everything and anyone at any time. Mm -hmm. Moving on to our last and final question. This is a question that got brought up in real life, so I'll just share from memory, it was brought up in the context of someone meeting a person that they connected with and they were interested in. And they remembered when I shared about meeting James and when we first met, I was able to set very clear boundaries or very clearly communicate my values and, you know, like what I cared about for the future, for myself and relationships and everything, just so that like if this person that you just met aligns with you, great, you can start trying to build a life together. And if not, it's a great way to kind of vet, well, maybe this isn't the right person or it's not the right time. Therefore, I'll just continue to work on myself. Mm -hmm. So their question was, how do you go about having this type of conversation? Okay, so what I'm hearing is, how early is too early to tell someone or open up to someone about mm -hmm. these maybe pillars or values in your life that really define you or mean a lot to you so that you mm -hmm. guys are in line just all together, right? Yeah. Ooh. I think for myself, these things come naturally slowly over time in conversations with people. Mm -hmm. And I, I can understand the desire or need to lay it all down in the very beginning and like, hey, if you're not on board, then peace out. I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. I can understand that. But at the same time, I know that for me, if I do do that, it is very black and white thinking on my end versus I've also learned and experienced in relationships that people change their minds mm -hmm. what might have aligned in the beginning you might kind of shift a little bit and alter your path or change direction or pivot right and so I think part of it is just being honest with yourself at that time in your life and even acknowledging that like 
being able to share these parts of yourself, hey, right now at the age of blank, these are the current thoughts that run in my mind so that it's not as intimidating and it's more just sharing what are your thoughts versus these are the things, these are all the things that define me. These are all of my values and are we aligned? What do you feel about that? Mm -hmm. That feels a little bit more intense Mm -hmm. rather than just sharing what are your thoughts on these topics at this point? You know, how do you Mm -hmm. envision yourself moving in life? No, I I agree 100% is what I was thinking of was the how to approach this conversation. And it's exactly as you said, through getting to know one another, through slowly opening up to each other, it will come up. But it doesn't need to be the, hi, my name is Rowena. This is what I care about. Do you care about the same things? Great. Or like, you know, it's a bit too abrupt. And I think with making friends and meeting people, there's still this, there's this dance that you go through i'm like moving my head in this circle like a parrot (laughs) there's this dance of getting to know one another if you can't even connect or like if there even if there isn't even a connection there i don't think it's worth pouring your heart and soul out to this person you know so it's a bit of it is vetting whether you want to share these deeper parts of yourself with this person and another part is just truly getting to know this person for who they are to see if there's someone like you want to share this with Mm -hmm. because I think when we come from a perspective of my way or the highway I want to share what I care about with this person it does come from a more selfish place rather than a more selfless place is I want to get to know this person as a person for who they are Mm -hmm. and I'm like saying these words as I'm reflecting about myself and my youth I used to project a lot of these things. <laughs> like, here's my life story and here's everything that I went through and all of these things. <laughs> and maybe it's necessary, but maybe it wasn't. You know, like it's you can slowly share more about yourself as you get to know a person, like you said. Even in a way, when you are in a long-term relationship, I feel like it's very easy to get lost in that and think that there's no more getting to know each other or, you Mm -hmm. know, we're aligned for sure. And so that's why we don't need to talk about it anymore. That's definitely Mm -hmm. not the case. I think you constantly need to check in. And so approaching this as just a check-in, you know, what are you feeling right now? What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Maybe something that can be helpful is asking them those questions first and seeing how much they're willing to share and then opening up yourself a little bit and sharing parts of your past or your thoughts that you want them to know yeah i feel like the theme of this episode was not surprisingly (laughs) everything goes back to communication either it's with yourself or with other people Um, i think this just goes to show how important it is to honestly communicate with ourselves so that we can communicate better with those around us. It's honestly a muscle. It's a muscle that you need to work. But I, I hope as the episodes continue, we also get better <laughs> at communicating our thoughts via the podcast. Yes. Thank you so much to our listeners for sharing the questions today. 
If anyone has any other scenarios, situations, questions, feedback, anything you'd like for us to know or talk about on the podcast, you can email hello at voicehugspodcast.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram, voicehugspodcast. Thank you so much for listening, for being here today. We hope you have a great morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Sending you lots of voice hugs. Voice hugs. See ya in the next episode.